Hey there, this is Adam Zekas with Tom Kissingbear from the IDP Read and React IDP podcast right here at DLF. Uh, say hello, Tom. It's you, you, chap, golly, good gosh. Here I am. Uh, great. Uh, anyway, um, if you're interested in getting started with IDP and Dynasty Leagues or looking for a way to dominate your IDP Leagues, then our show is for you. Isn't that right, Tom? Ah, yes, my good man. And of course, I bring the coveted data and insight that can only come from a monarch-loving, tea-slurping, crumpet muncher such as myself. Yep, very very cool, Tom. Very cool. Um, Well, you can find our podcast right here in the DLF Family of Podcast feed on DynastyFootball.com. And you can follow us on Twitter at The Read and React. You're listening to the DLF Dynasty Podcast, where there is no off-season. Welcome to the latest edition of the DLF Dynasty Podcast. I'm Dan Myler. With me, Matt Price and Ryan McDowell, as always. Guys, this week on the episode, we are going to finish up, put the final touches on our Draft Prospect Primer series that we've been doing over the last month. Uh, this week it's tight end, so we get to talk about uh, a one wide receiver and Kyle Pitts, and then the rest <laughs> of the tight ends as well. But before we get to all that, we're gonna we're gonna bring in Ryan and Matt. Matt, how's it going? You were we're inching closer to this draft. It's just right around the corner. Yeah, we are. I'm super excited about it, and uh, I'm super excited to hang out with you guys in in person uh, uh, to watch the NFL draft. And I'm excited about at least one of these tight ends. You know, I, I, it's pretty well known that I don't really start watching film till late in the the process. Like, I don't watch college football at all. So uh, I've heard for ages and ages that Kyle Pitts is is the man, and now I've seen it for myself. So I, I'm pretty excited about about yeah, him. Yeah, welcome to the party, Matt. Because we've all yeah. been on that bandwagon <laughs> for a while. I'm glad you've joined. I know. Up. I, I know. Uh, he is so good, and we're going to get to that. We I should also mention that since this tight end class, like most classes, is relatively it's a relatively short list as to who. Uh, is going to be dynasty relevant, at least in the short term. We are going to throw in our final pre-NFL draft rookie mock. And this time we're going to talk super flex and we're going to throw in tight end premium to add some value to these tight ends that we're going to talk to or talk about at least. Wish we could talk to a few of them. Uh, Ryan, we should bring you in as well. Um, just same thing as Matt. We're, we're so close to the NFL draft. Don't have to look at the mocks anymore because, man, they're getting old. Yeah, they are. They are. Uh, yes. They're so much fun. They're so much fun early in the process, but late in the process, uh, yeah, you can take it or leave it. Well, it's just a tease, right? right? Yeah. It's just, <laughs> this, is, this is what it might be like, but not really. Um, yeah, I was wondering if we would talk about this, Matt. Matt, uh, let the cat out of the bag. We are getting together, the three of us, to watch the NFL draft uh, Tried to find a midpoint. I don't know if Matt would agree coming coming uh, <laughs> way out from the West Coast, but we're going to meet up in St. Louis, uh, the three of us, a few other folks as well, and, and just make a weekend of it. And I, I cannot wait. Uh, it's going to be a blast. And, uh, you know, the draft the draft is always a great thing, and, and uh, it'll be even better this year. Yeah, the three of us and a couple other dynasty brains, guys that are really big into the NFL draft as well as – 
the dynasty game. It's going to be a lot of fun, more fun than any any draft I've ever watched on TV because I take it seriously. I'm sure you guys are the same way. Can't wait to watch it and see where all these guys go. But it's usually just me by myself in my basement watching it on TV. <laughs> exactly. It's usually just me. Sometimes maybe I'll jump on a live stream or something for a minute, but usually it's just me watching and you know, whoever else is in the house, like, what are you doing? You're just watching people walk up to a podium <laughs> and call names out. Why are, you, why are you jumping up and down? Why are you so excited about this? But so it'll be nice to watch it with people that, that, that understand. Yeah, like-minded uh, fellas all getting together to do that. So hopefully we have some stories from that next week when we get together mm. on the podcast. But first, we should talk about these tight ends and get into them. Before we get into each name in general, guys, uh, Matt, for you, what are you looking for when you start scouting these tight ends? Because there's there's different kinds of guys, right? There's those inline blocking tight ends that leak out for passes and and are a check down option, and then there's the uh, the exciting downfield options that we mostly care about. Uh, how do you balance it? What do, what are you really looking for when you're checking out these tight ends? Honestly, I tight end is so hard to project everybody says this but even it's even more difficult i think than than quarterback in some regard so for me like it's it seems like the most predictive thing for tight ends is athleticism so that's number one uh you know it's nice if they can block we don't necessarily care about that uh for fantasy right but it does keep them on the field more often and you know presumably present more opportunity uh but it's really all about athleticism and production for me uh, at the collegiate level um so that's that's really it i don't really have a lot of nuance to this can they catch the ball well are they athletic Uh, and you know are they used as a primary function of their offense yeah i like the guys that that's a really good point primary part of the offense although those that watch george kittle play in college might say hey you missed on that one uh (laughs) and that has happened time and time again with tight ends but primary part of the offense that's that's a big deal i like guys who use their frame well uh they, they can they can stack a defender and and uh use their use their big body to shield them away from the football most of these guys are big athletic players and they're gonna have to make contested catches so guys that that do that regularly put in that leaves an impression on me and we have a few of those guys in this class ryan what about you when, when it comes to this class as a whole what are your thoughts as a, as a guy that that monitors adp and and is watching these guys come off the board both in startups and in rookie uh, mock drafts how do you see this class I see it like everyone else sees it. It's it's Kyle Pitts and everybody else, right? And and then you just try to um, you try to kind of muddle through the the second and third tier of tight ends to really determine if these guys are even worthy of roster spots. We know Kyle Pitts is going to be a coveted asset in in every dynasty league, but uh, in in most of those leagues, unless you've got a a multiple copy league going on, only only one person is getting him. So uh, you've got to you got to take some time to look at, at the rest of this class as well, and that's what we'll do. Uh, I do agree with Matt, and, and that's kind of something you hear from from scouts, from draft nicks a lot over the years, is the, that the tight end position is the, the toughest one to scout. It's the toughest one for players to transition to uh, from college. And I, I think a lot of that is because in, in past years they were asked to – to both catch the ball and block as well. And it seems like that's another change that we've seen recently in the NFL that uh, the tight ends that are like Kyle Pitts, like Evan Ingram, that if they basically are just a glorified wide receiver, in most cases their teams let them do that. 
so I do think that's a change that we've seen. And, and because of that, I, again, I agree with Matt. I'm just looking for the most athletic players I can find at the position. Yeah, and if they if they get into one of those situations where the coaching staff lets them be themselves and work from the perimeter in the slot, uh, move them around the formation, they have a better chance of being productive early in their career, which matters so much to us as dynasty managers. So For so long, we've all said, Man, at the tight end position, you got to wait three, sometimes even four years for that production to start streaming in. Uh, that's slowly starting to change, although those Evan Ingram uh, managers probably are, are, are saying, maybe, <laughs> maybe not. We're still waiting on that one. So let's get into this class, guys, because there is some talent, and it starts at the top with Kyle Pitts. He is at number five according overall, according to our ADP collected in April. That's rookie ADP that we collect in Pitts. Matt is like you. You brought it up in the intro. He's electrifying. He's fun. He's he's one of those. Uh, you know, it's an overused term, but generational type talents. We watch him in college, and he's a man amongst boys, making making catches in the red zone, in the end zone, with three, four, maybe even more defenders around him, and he just comes down the ball with the ball, makes it look so easy, dynamic before and after the catch. He's going to be a fun pro to have on on a dynasty roster. Yeah, and I, I apologize. I can't remember who said it, but I saw on Twitter somebody said, even when he's not open, he's open. And that, I mean, he just is. Uh, the body control and flexibility shows like in the air and going up for a pass, high pointing passes, flexibility he shows for a man his size is just, it, it's ridiculous. The catch radius, like he just needs the ball basically in the same zip code as he is and, and he has a chance to catch it, right? Uh, he's going to be a mismatch everywhere. As soon as he steps on the field, he's going to be the most a- athletic tight end in the league. He's too fast for linebackers backers too big for safeties like I just don't know how defenses are gonna gonna stop him I mean are they gonna put a corner on him like sometimes they do with Kelsey like imagine if he does end up going to Atlanta at four uh I mean you're gonna have to have those corners on Julio and Calvin who's gonna guard who's gonna guard uh Kyle Pitts better have a coverage safety Uh, (laughs) right so uh just some numbers here from uh one of my favorite numbers guys Rich Rebar Uh, Of all tight ends entering the draft since the year 2000, he is first in touchdowns per game, second in receiving yards per game, first in yards per catch amongst tight ends that caught at least 40 passes, 15th in receptions per game in his final season, second in receptions that went for for touchdowns at 28% of overall all of his receptions. Uh, He's not going to be 21 until October, so super young. And he's Rich's highest graded prospect ever. So that's good enough for me. I'm happy to take him. Uh, as high, basically, as you want to take them in any draft. I'm not going to argue with you taking them anywhere, except for maybe, I guess, 101 and a super flex lead. Yeah, and, and we can get into that conversation a little bit here in a minute because there, that's a worthy conversation to have because he is ranked so high. Speaking of those rankings, Ryan, there are there are many out there that are saying he, he is the best player in this draft. He is the should be the top-ranked player in single quarterback dynasty leagues even. So when you when you look at his ADP currently going fifth with an ADP of 5.4 in these rookie drafts, and and uh, seems like every time I look at even startup ADP, he's moving up that as well. A dynamic playmaker like this, how do we, how do we balance the upside with uh, the value at this point? Because it feels like it, it could be teetering on getting out of control really quick. It does. It does feel like that because, I mean, you look at startup ADP, he's basically in that tight end. He's basically the tight end four already and and very close behind 
Darren Waller for that tight end three spot. I, I will, I would expect honestly him to be the tight end three, if not higher post draft, um, barring a, a horrible landing spot. And with him, I don't even know if landing spot matters really. So we talked about it on, uh, on the locked on podcast last week with our, our DLF cohort, uh, Scott Connor. And he said, and I totally agree. There's almost no way that, that Kyle Pitts is not the dynasty tight end one a year from now, or, or even sooner that he will overtake George Kittle and, and Travis Kelsey in value and, and kind of having that in mind, that's really where you have to, you have to draft him from that standpoint. And, and that's, I think that's why he's going so highly in rookie drafts going so highly uh, in, in startup drafts as well. And I've been, um, you know, I've kind of been one, I think over the past couple months, throwing cold water on that a little bit saying, you know, he's a mid first rounder at, at best, uh, only due to the position. And, uh, you know, if you want to take him second, trade that pick for Kittle instead. At this point, I'm, I've, I've seen enough. Like, I think I would change my stance on that. And at DLF, we do not include rookies in our rankings until they're actually drafted. So, uh, we'll have those, uh, live for you on, on Thursday night and, and all weekend, and I think when he debuts in my, my tight end rankings, he'll be my tight end one already. I agree with you, 100%. Yeah, there's no reason to think that if, if he's not number one right away, that, that he won't be really quickly in anybody who does those kind of positional rankings. Pitts is, you know, really, honestly, guys, he, he'd be the top wide receiver prospect in this class as well. I've heard I've heard a lot of other people say that, and I, I definitely don't disagree. Of course, we're that's basically a, a comparison to Jamar Chase. Um, and if that's if that's the common thought process, then he should be the one hundred and one. I mean, Jamar Chase is my one hundred and one in in non superflex leagues. So if if that's kind of where everybody is, you know, then he should be the one hundred and one in those single quarterback leagues. And that was going to be my point that that if you truly feel like he'd be the top wide receiver or even second or second wide receiver in the class, then we should be talking about him as a top three pick in single quarterback leagues. The 4.4440 yard dash in the 90th percentile at the tight end position, also a 129 broad jump. Oh my gosh, that is explosive. A guy that whether, you know, all you have to do is watch a few plays of him at Florida. You can even watch his best plays highlights or just some random catches. And you see how he pulls away from defenders. Um, I mentioned he'd be that top wide receiver when he moved into the slot. And he he is so explosive when he makes his break, especially on slants and in cuts, that he, he makes safeties and, and corners look bad. Then when you move him inside, he's got to take on a linebacker. And that's, that's just silly. You, there isn't a linebacker in college football, let alone the NFL, or in the NFL, let alone college football, that can guard him one-on-one. So he has... He has everything you look for, the incredible body control, all the speed, the timing to leap for a ball, and he tracks the ball so well deep down the field, uh, especially in the red zone. Those are the kinds of things that we reserve for elite wide receivers. We talked about Randy Moss that way and Kelvin Johnson that way. That That's not what we've ever said about any tight ends. And, and Kelsey and and really all those top tight ends, Waller especially, because he's super athletic. It's, you shouldn't really say it, but 
he's on another level. He's he's almost on another plane when it comes to agility and being able to get in and out of breaks and, and making people look silly at the catch point. So I, I have no problem with anybody saying he's the best player uh, coming into this NFL draft or the best player, the, the top pick, the 101 in a dynasty star, uh, uh, rookie draft, especially in those, those one quarterback leagues. This is the way I'm looking at it now. Look, I like Jamar Chase a lot. He's he's really, really good. But we get good receivers almost every single year. Maybe not quite to his uh his prospect status, but you know, last year was pretty good. Uh, you know, uh we get pretty good running backs every year, but I would say that all of the running backs in this class don't really hold a candle to what we had last season. But how often does a tight end like this come along? So if you can just, I mean, we know how hard it is to fill the tight end position in, in Dynasty. If you don't have Kelsey or Kittle or, you know, some years it's Waller, some years, you know, Mark Andrews is there. There's other ones that kind of jump up, you know, ones that like, like Tanyan can get you there if he has an inordinate amount of touchdowns one year. But in general, there's not a, a whole lot of plug-and-play tight ends, and I think Kyle Pitts is going to be that. Uh, you, you know, even, even, even saying that we have to wait on tight end, for a year for production for a year right like is there any argument that Kyle Pitts is not going to finish as a top 10 or top 12 tight end in year one even and if I can get tight end 12 production in year one and then the rest of his career is is tight or even you know not maybe not in the rest of his career maybe he eases into it slowly but I'm gonna have top top five production at some point for a consistent basis so if we knew that Travis Kelsey was going to have five straight tight end one overall seasons and I know that's very lofty expectations for Kyle Pitts but if we knew that five years ago you would say absolutely I'm taking Travis Kelsey with the 1.01 uh in, in a rookie draft and you know probably a first rounder in startup drafts right because there's no bigger positional advantage that you have uh when you can get one of those guys so uh I agree with you I think he's I think I'm taking him even over Jamar Chase in a one quarterback league well, Pitts is, he's clearly, he already is. He's hes going to be one of these envy players. Like, you know, if he's on your roster, everybody else in the league wants him. Yep. And, and Trevor Lawrence is going to be that way as well. You know, Saquon Barkley was that way a few years ago. Um, so, so there's value, you know, even if you have doubts about the player, I don't think anybody does, but even if you have doubts about taking a tight end that highly, just, just that idea alone should be enough to – boost his value for everyone knowing the second you get him on your roster you're going to be getting trade offers for him you're going to be driving that market yeah you know you mentioned flaws or don't like the player he's one of those guys where you're really nitpick i was listening to a podcast this week and they were talking about how he doesn't use fakes and jukes and stuff at the top of his route (laughs) and i I just kept saying to to my radio he doesn't have to He's, he's too fast and they don't know where he's going and we could talk about kyle pitts all day long because he is that good and he's going to be so much fun. Hey guys, in a super flex league, or excuse me, in a, in a tight end premium league, just one quarterback because we'll talk about the super flex aspect of it. One quarterback, tight end premium. Who's where does he fit, Ryan? Where where is he in your in your rankings there? Um, it it would depend on the the scoring. I know you said tight end premium. Uh, to me, one point five. Yeah, so we're, we're we're talking more like a two point type of league rather than the 1.5 that 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 doesn't create enough gap probably right right i agree so yeah if you if it's either a start to tight end mandatory or uh even that 1.75 or or two ppr if it's one quarterback 
I think he has to be the 101. Yeah, if it's two tight ends, he's got to be the 101. He's the 101. <laughs> Gosh, I can't believe we're saying that. About <laughs> I need a cold end. shower, you guys. I need a cold shower. <laughs> he's so good. All right, let's talk about the rest of this class because although there's not another Kyle Pitts, there is the potential for playmakers and guys that can help our dynasty roster. We've all struggled for years to, if you're, you're kind of in tight end purgatory, if you don't have one of those top few guys, maybe there's not another guy that could jump into that top echelon, that, that top three or four tight end group, but there are certainly guys with the potential to be top 12 tight ends and guys that we can count on. Maybe not always on a week to week basis, but from time to time. And I think that starts with tight end, Pat Fryermuth from Penn State, uh, a fun prospect for sure to watch. Makes so many highlight reel catches, guys. If you know, turn on the film uh, at, at Penn State there, and he'll make one handers. He'll he'll do them across the sideline on deep crosses and stuff like that, and that's exciting. And then then he'll throw in a really really bad drop across the middle where where nobody's around him. Um, I, I like to think of him as an inline seam stretcher. So maybe a throwback seam stretcher, a guy that lines up in line and then gets to that second level beyond the tight end in front of the safety and makes plays down the field. But he can play in the slot. He has that kind of quickness, um, finds the ball quickly on third and short. That's a cool uh, little niche to his game that he can do and I find uh, find intriguing for sure. He's got a devastating stiff arm after the catch. Um Struggled against physical linebackers at the line of scrimmage. Um, like I mentioned, the bad drops from time to time, Matt. Fryermuth is widely seen as the number two tight end in this class, especially among dynasty managers and guys that rank in dynasty. He currently comes in at number two in our rookie ADP at 26 with a 24.5 ADP. What are your thoughts on Fryermuth and his upside in dynasty? He's he's 2A, 2B with me, with another guy we'll talk about. Uh, and, and, you know, he has this nickname of Baby Gronk. I don't really – I mean, I guess you could see it stylistically, I guess, but I don't really necessarily see that uh, as an outcome for his career. To me, he's he's kind of – I get kind of like maybe slightly athletic TJ Hawkinson vibes from him. So I think he's going to be a really good NFL player, but he's such a good blocker. I'm not just not sure that he's going to necessarily have the fantasy upside unless he lands somewhere that really wants him to be a receiver. Um, you mentioned his, his quickness and, and, and uh, acceleration. Like for me, I just feel like it wasn't – sometimes it's not really there. Like if he doesn't get hit in stride, he, he definitely has build-up speed. But what I saw was sometimes if he doesn't get hit in stride, if he has to catch the ball and then turn around and go, sometimes it looks like he's running in sand a little bit. Like it takes him a little while to get up to that, that speed that he does have uh, if he has a runway, right? I saw him get stood up by linebackers several times. Uh, you know, I just – the, the, the yak question marks are what has me a little bit below one other guy. But, I mean, he's going to be a good tight end. If you, especially in a tight end premium league, like if, if you pass on pits, you pick him up in the middle of the second round, I think you're probably going to be pretty happy with that. You're, I think you're going to have to wait, certainly have to wait longer than you will for, for pits to, to have true production out of him. Um, but, yeah, I think, I think he's going to be pretty landing spot dependent just in terms of his fantasy upside. Ryan, what do you think about Fryermuth? Yeah, I like Fryermuth as well. I think he's actually being undervalued in that that early third round range. Uh, Matt mentioned uh, more of a as a mid second rounder in, in dynasty rookie drafts. That's where I see him. I, and, and of course, we'll we'll see what the uh, the NFL draft tells us about uh, about Fryermuth and every everyone else. But Matt, one of those numbers I know you like to point to with tight ends is just can they 
can they be a top two option on their team? Yeah. And we saw that with Fryermuth um, with Penn State last year. He had 28% of the targets, a, you know, a huge target share for the tight end position. And, and basically that offense ran through him. And uh, obviously that's not, uh, not a direct transition to the NFL and, and NFL offenses, but uh, I do think it's a good sign. A good sign, no doubt, and and a guy that works all three levels of the defense. They move him around the formation, especially in his final year with the Nittany Lions. Uh, he's a he, like I said uh, when we brought him up. He's an exciting player to watch. That that one handed catch along the sideline. I can't remember who it was against, but I've watched that play so many times because tight ends usually don't make those kind of plays. So he he's one of those guys that has a lot of upside. I think he belongs in the middle of the second round in single quarterback leagues as well. Currently have him ranked 20 overall in this rookie class. How about the next guy on the list fellas? Because there's, there's one guy right behind him in ADP. I mentioned Fryermuth at 26. It's Brevin Jordan out of Miami at 27 with an ADP of 28.7. Jordan has, you know, he's really had the eye, Ryan, of a lot in the a lot of us that play the Devi game because he is an athletic guy. Um, certainly um, can play out of slot, so he gets a gets a lot of attention maybe that way. But there there are things that I see Brevin Jordan do when I watch him on film. He he's not necessarily a downfield threat for all that athleticism that he's supposed to have. Most of his production came on short crosses and quick outs things of those nature that could be offense related. We didn't see him stretching the field a lot. I think that's a big red flag when it comes to a long-term developmental type tight end and having to draft him at the end of the second or early in the third round, especially in this draft class, I feel like that's overrating him. I don't even, I don't have Jordan in my top three. I think there are a lot better options. Yeah, I would, I would agree with, with most of that. I think Jordan really got by uh, with his athleticism at Miami. Uh, he was able to uh, catch those short passes, as you mentioned, break some tackles. He was uh, fourth in, in college football among tight ends with, uh, with missed tackles forced uh, at nine, uh, tied for sixth with yards after the catch per reception, uh, over, nine, uh, over nine of those, over nine yards after the catch. Uh, so again, I don't know, I don't know if he's going to be able to do that in the NFL. He's, he's, he's fast for, you know, for, for college level, but he didn't, uh, didn't necessarily impress with his testing Uh, a little bit shorter than we'd like to see. I'm, I'm with you. Jordan is, is not my tight end three as he, as he is according to our ADP. Yeah, we, we disagree here. Um, I see him as like like I said, two A, two B with with Fryermuth, and depending on landing spot where they go, where they're going to fit into the pecking order with whatever offense they land on, is probably going to make the separation for me. And I would take him, you know, around the same range as Fryermuth, maybe a, maybe a little bit later if he has a worse landing spot. But uh, athletically, I think he's the second, maybe third, based on another guy we'll talk about later. But second or third most athletic tight end in this draft. You mentioned his testing numbers: four six nine, mid four sevens, I think, on one forty yard dash run. Uh, but on film, he it seems like he plays faster than that to me. Like so, I, I feel like his game speed is faster than his testing numbers. Uh, you mentioned Dan; a lot of his rece- receptions came out of the he was, did come out of the backfield and the flats just to kind of get the ball in his hands. And I think that's because he's so good at at that part of the game. I think he's I, w- I don't want to say special, but I think he's he's very good 
good with the ball in his hands, and his 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 yards after the catch are going to be, I, I think, way higher than than, than Fryer moves uh, in in the NFL. I think acceleration is his best trait. He's ex- I think he just explodes off the line. Uh, you just I think you regularly see him run by guys. Uh, there was a, a, a touchdown against North Carolina where he beat his man off of off of uh, right off of the line, had to slow down a little bit to make the catch, gave him a stiff arm, and then took it seventy six yards for the touchdown. Um, for the negatives, he's I think he is a little bit undersized, uh, and for catching the ball, especially this is one thing I really don't like about him is that especially on contested catches, he does have a tendency to just let the ball come into his body, uh, and and kind of seems like he's bracing for that hit instead of like focusing on making the catch out and away from his body um, so that that is a, a concern but athletically speaking if we're going to rate that as as important for tight ends I think he's right up there with everybody except for Pitts after after Jordan it seems to separate as far as our ADP goes because Ryan we do we do four round rookie mocks and there there are a handful of other guys that got picked in one or two of those mocks in April let's lump these guys together there's Hunter Long from Boston College and Kenny Yeboa from Ole Miss then Tommy Tremble from Notre Dame all these guys got got picked somewhere in the top 48 and one or more of those uh, rookie mock drafts. So, Ryan, if there's a guy in this group that jumps out to you, somebody that makes sense, if you're if you're in one of these tight end premium leagues and want a developmental guy, uh, somebody that's going to go on day two or even early in day three of the NFL draft, who who's the guy for you? Uh, I think my my head says it's Tommy Tremble. Uh, I think he's certainly a day two pick. Uh, he's a lock to be a day two pick. I think. Uh, and we were talking a little bit before the show, Dan, I, I think it sounds like you would agree with that. And, and maybe he's even the tight end three in this class, according to the NFL draft. And, and then uh, perhaps afterwards, according to ADP as well, I think we could see a shift there. Uh, I do really like Kenny Yaboa as well, but I don't have the, um, I don't have the confidence that he's going to get the draft capital that we need, but I do love the athleticism we've we've seen from him. Yeah, an athletic freak, a guy that can get all over the field and has flashed good hands in the past. Yeboa is raw but has upside. Matt, if there's somebody for you, who would you highlight? I do think it's Tremble, but just to be a little bit different, I'll talk about Hunter Long because I think he's maybe the the safest uh, option of this next group. Uh, some have comped him to Kyle Rudolph, and I could see that. You know, he does everything you really want to see from kind of a, a from a tight end in college. He blocks well. He, he seems to catch pretty well, uh, and he was the primary option for his team in, in 2020. He had 22 uh, percent of Boston College's receiving yards, 24 percent of their. Uh, uh, excuse me, 22% of the targets, 24% of the receiving yards. Um, but he's not really super strong at the catch point on contested catches, even worse than Jordan, I think, in that regard. Um, but for, for an NFL team, you know, just looking for a tight end that's going to be pretty good and can do everything okay, uh, I think he would be the safest option uh, there. Tommy Trimble, just real quick, uh, my notes on him is that it, it, he why wasn't he used – enough I, that's, that was my first thing was why wasn't he used as much as he was he does seem to have natural athleticism and pass catching skills uh, and then I went and looked and he was he, he was behind Cole Komet last year right in 2019 uh, and then this year uh, just looked at for the first time over he was kind of overshadowed by by the freshman Michael Mayer who I'm sure we're going to be talking about uh, oh, yeah. in, in a couple of years right so uh, he does have a he has the bloodline too his, his, his dad was actually an all SEC safety at Georgia and uh, he played one one in an 
one full year in the NFL. So he does seem to have a lot going for him, and he's, he seems to be a guy who is uh, he, he has got kind of untapped potential, I would say. So he could be a lot more in the NFL than he could be in college. Yeah, he that's a great way to put it, Matt. Could be way better in college, have a way better college or, or pro career than he did in college. Really another blocking tight end and, and was overshadowed by the more athletic tight end on the team that was running a lot of the routes both of the last two years, the guys that you mentioned, but he has all that pass catching upside is very athletic himself. 86 percentile in the 40 yard dash at 4.6. Also had a 37 inch vertical, which shows up on film from time to time, 85th percentile there and, and a great broad jump that put him in the 87th percentile as well. So showed off that athleticism at his pro day on top of it. He is 100% effort, 100% of the plays. He is a worker, workhorse for sure. Um, creates spates with those head fakes and those jukes that, that somebody was picking on Kyle Pitts about. Um, he's above average after the catch, I would say, because of that speed. And he has that red zone potential because of that leaping ability for sure. Had too many drops and, and doesn't look smooth when he's ca- even when he makes the catch. He does those alligator arm double catch type situations far too often. And that'll have to be something that he cleans up. Hopefully he doesn't get typecast into the inline blocking role, which may happen. I think Tommy Tremble is going to be either the second or the third tight end drafted in the NFL draft. And he should be at least the third um third tight end taken in rookie drafts because he is raw and he has a lot of upside. So that pretty much covers the guys that really matter to us as dynasty managers, fellas. Is there anything else worth mentioning when it comes to the tight end position before we get to our super flex tight end premium rookie mock draft? Is there anything else you want to throw in there, Matt? I don't think so. I mean, I have a little bit of notes on Eboa, so I can just throw it out okay. there. I, I saw straight line speed, vertical threat with big catch radius, and it attacks the ball in the air well. Um, but he doesn't really show anything in terms of route running or lateral movement ability. Uh, so like like uh, Trimble, though, you know, maybe some untapped potential there. So he just needs a draft capital, like Ryan said. Yeah, and after the six that we've talked about, Pitts, Fryermuth. Jordan, Hunter Long, Yeboa, and Tremble. There is one other guy worth quickly touching on. It's Noah Gray out of Duke, another athlete that's really, really raw and might have a little bit of long-term upside, I guess, in the deepest of tight end premium leagues. Maybe he's worthy of, of taking a look at and watching where he lands in the NFL draft. Fellas, let's head on over to this rookie mock draft. We didn't do quite enough of these this year leading up to the draft. We had a lot of things to cover, and we wanted to be a little bit more in-depth with the players that we talked about. So I haven't done enough of them. We got plenty of time to do more, though, of course, after the NFL draft. Um, Some initial thoughts, though, Ryan. Going into a super flex, tight end premium rookie draft, what what are the things that are on your mind? Uh, I mean, kind of going back to Kyle Pitts, where Kyle Pitts fits in with the quarterbacks and can the, can Jamar Chase and, and the top running backs, uh, can they claim a top two, three, maybe even a top five position? You know, I mean, it's not going to be crazy in, in super flex tight end premium leagues to see Pitts and, and four quarterbacks potentially go as the top five players. I think that's going to happen in, in some of these. Matt, anything for you that's on your mind coming into these drafts, whether you're a rebuild or a, or a perennial contender? What, what are you thinking about? 
Uh, yeah, it's, it's the quarterbacks and it's pits for me, and it depends on your team and where it's at, depending on which way you go with that. Uh, outside of the the 101, uh, you know, Lawrence is locked in there. After that, I think you know, if 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 we see. Um, if we see Fields live in lands in San Francisco or or, or Lance, whichever one, uh, then he's probably going to be locked in as the 102, whichever one happens there. And then after that, I think all bets are off. I think Pitts is 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 maybe even the next guy after those top two. If if one of those guys, Fields or or, or Lance, ends up in a place where there's not he's not going to start right away, then maybe you even make a case that Pitts is ahead of them. So uh, that, that that's where my head's at with this. I'm really interested to see how this kind of falls into place. We're going to try to get as many picks as we can. We might as well kick it off right now. The randomized draft order goes Ryan, then Matt, then myself. So, Ryan, who's the 101? Yeah, this one's pretty easy. I'm going with uh, with Trevor Lawrence, uh, the quarterback of the Jacksonville Jaguars, obviously the uh, going to be the top pick in the NFL draft and uh, really already like the weapons that they've lined up uh, there for him. So Lawrence goes number one overall, and then that puts Matt on the board. Yeah, I'll take uh, – just based – since we don't know Landis bots, I'll take Trey Lance here. He's my quarterback to, you know, 2A, 2B with, with uh, Fields. And, uh, you know, Landis bots going to be really important in determining that. But uh, Lance is, is the guy for me right now. Yeah, I would have gone with Trey Lance at number three had he gotten to me. Um, I have them back-to-back in my rankings and my overall with with uh, Lance and Fields. So since Fields is the one that gets through, I'll go with Justin Fields at the 103. Ryan, that puts you on the clock at 104. Yeah, I think, I think this is where things turn a little bit for me. I certainly see a gap between... Lance and Fields and and Zach Wilson, who is my quarterback four. So I'm going to go with the guy we spent so much uh, time on tonight. Uh, I'll take Kyle Pitts. I hate you so much. I hate you so much. I thought for sure you're, you've been talking about Jamar Chase 101 for weeks now. I thought I could take that second spot and get Pitts here, but uh, clearly that's not the case. So I will. I'll do that. I'll go ahead and take Jamar Chase here. Uh, at five as the top receiver on the board. This is an interesting situation because we're four picks in going on number five, fellas, and we haven't seen one of these running backs. How likely do you think, Ryan, is it that that this could be really how things play out? I know we don't know landing spots at this point, but a lot of us play in these super flex tight end premium leagues and did not see a running back go off in the top four picks. Now the top five picks, that's... That's interesting at the very least. Yeah, I think it's it's definitely a possibility. As I said earlier, um, we do have some nice landing spots. Of course, Pittsburgh has been a, a hot topic as far as um, maybe using their first rounder on a running back. I, I don't think that would be a good choice for them. And honestly, I wouldn't be chasing that, that running back, whoever that might be, if it's Najee Harris or, or Travis Etienne. I wouldn't be chasing that player as much as uh, really, any of the five that have been drafted so far. Um, so I, I, I think we're going to see quite a few drafts like this uh, play out. Matt, any surprises for you to this point? No, I, I think I think in most drafts you will see uh, Najee Harris in, in the top five at least. 
Uh, but I, I'm sure you'll see plenty like this where, where it doesn't. I think I think probably the the outlier for us in this particular mock is that Wilson wasn't in the top five. Um, but I think we're all three on record as being a little lower on, on him than, than the rest of the quarterbacks. Yeah, I'm a little lower on him, but, but even with that said, there is a lot of talent there. It, it may be a little raw, but there's a reason he's going to go in the top three picks in the NFL draft, and it's not just because he's a quarterback. He put a lot of things on film that, that look good. So I think the way this falls, it feels to me like you could go with a positional player if you wanted to, but I'm going to... I'm going to go with Zach Wilson here at number six. I, it feels like uh, in a lot of drafts, you're going to see those top four quarterbacks go in the top six or seven picks. I feel like he can go right here. I just don't want to draft players from the Jets until I see that they're not the old Jets I anymore. totally understand that. <laughs> yeah, I understand that as well. I, I think I will break the running back seal here at the seventh pick. Uh, I do have Travis Etienne as my RB1 currently, so I'll take him. Just sniping me all over the place, Ryan. That's, I love that's fine. It. It's fine. Yeah, I'll take Najee Harris here. Uh, you know, probably the first running back in the NFL uh, in the NFL draft. Uh, this is totally totally tangential. But imagine if Atlanta takes Pitts at, at four, and then at the top of the second they come away with ETN. Like that would whew, give me all the Atlanta shares. They would give up. 70 points a game they've got to address defense <laughs> i know i know they've got I to know. address defense but maybe they'll score 70 points a game uh, how about how about if the jets take him though at the top of two the, because oh, you just God. went on record saying you can't handle a jet on your roster <laughs> i'm out uh that puts me on the clock at the 109 and i've been on record saying my second wide receiver is not the same as everybody else's i'm gonna dip my toe in those alabama receivers but i'm going with jalen waddle i think he's gonna be uh, picked in the top seven picks, eight picks in the NFL draft, and I love his upside, so I'll take one. Mm, I think this this is kind of where it gets interesting. Actually, probably that nine pick is where it gets interesting. It that you could you could certainly go a lot of different directions. Um, I think just just I think I'll take Javante Williams here. Um, yep. Near nearly went with a a quarterback. We see. Uh, we see teardrops after this RB three, after the quarterback five, um, so could could definitely make a case to go either way. I'll I'll take Javante Williams. So Williams goes at number ten. That puts Matt on the clock at eleven overall. Yeah, I, I think the player that I want to take here will be available hopefully at my next pick, unless Ryan has something to say about it. Uh, so I'll, I will take the last quarterback here that we're probably going to care about, uh, at least early on in their NFL careers. I'll take Mac Jones here. All right, that leaves me with the final pick of the first round. I think I'm going to go back to the wide receiver position. Um it's a tough decision, really. I got these guys back-to-back -back in my rankings, and maybe this is one of those situations where I have to have to change my No, I'm going to – I'll stick with the Alabama receivers. I'm going to take Devonta Smith. He's my third wide receiver. So that wraps up round one. Uh, Ryan led it off with Trevor Lawrence. That was followed up with Trey Lance and Justin Fields to finish up the top three. After that, at 104, went Kyle Pitts, then Jamar Chase and Zach Wilson. Travis Etienne was number seven in our rookie mock draft. Then Najee Harris, Jalen Waddell, Javante Williams, Mac Jones, and Devonta Smith was the final pick. Ryan, let's get off to a running start here in round two. 
Yeah, I am. Uh, we see the quarterback position and the running back position both kind of kind of dried up, even with the tight end premium. I'm not looking there, so I think we're going to see probably a run at wide receiver. Um, I'm going to go with. Uh, hmm, I think this is a ranking change situation as well. Maybe I think I'm going to go with Rashad Bateman. All right, Bateman's the next wide receiver that I had on my board. I was kind of. Going back and forth between Bateman and Smith. Glad to see he goes off at number 13. Matt, who's the 202? I'm glad to see those picks went exactly as predicted so that I can get my guy, Rondale Moore, here at the 202. Yeah, nice value there for those of us that, <laughs> that really like Moore and his upside. I think it still de- depends on that landing spot. So we'll see where we land with uh, Moore come next week. Um, I'm going to go with the other Moore in this class. I'll take Elijah. Yeah. With the 203, I think there's a chance that um, he could go in the first round, just like Rondale Moore has a chance as well. Uh, If he finds that landing spot at the end of the first round, he could be a guy that's moving up draft boards by this time next week. Ryan, how about you at the 204? Uh, This is an easy one for me. I see another teardrop after this player, so I'll go with Terrace Marshall, the LSU wide receiver. Ryan, I have noticed that you're, you're right at the end of these tier tears each time yeah, so it's, it's, things are working out your yeah, way really are <laughs> <laughs> who chose the draft order guys <laughs> <laughs> we don't have to share that matt who's up at 205 uh I, I think i'm probably you know reaching a little bit here by some people's standards but i'm gonna take my next wide receiver as diami brown from north carolina oh sweet i thought you were gonna snipe me there uh, go ahead and take Tony. Yeah, I don't want I'm him. T- I thought it. you were going to go totally can, off can... script, uh, a very not Matt Price type pick, and take Tony there. I have Tony I not. Uh, right behind right behind Bateman and Elijah Moore. So right there at my wide receiver six, I'm going to take Kadarius Tony. And when he falls to one of those teams at the end of the first round, he'll be another one that's moving up draft boards. Ryan, you are up to lead off the second half of round two. Uh, I will, with with the tight end premium in mind, I'll, I'll move over to that position and take Pat Fryermuth. He was the next guy on my list. Um, could totally see him going a couple picks higher uh, if things shake out well. Matt, you're up at 208. Yeah, I feel like the, the next group of wide receivers here are pretty, you know, I think I could throw them all in the bucket and pull a name out of the hat and be okay with it. So I'm going to go back to running back, and I'll take um, – I'll take Trey Sermon here. Okay, I was wondering when somebody would go back to the running backs. Another guy that has a chance if draft capital goes his way to be a mover um, as far as dynasty value goes. I'm up at 209, and I'm going to stick with the wide receivers because I have them just over the, the running back that is left, or the running backs, I guess, that are left. It's Tylen Wallace out of Oklahoma State. I'll take him here at 209. Ryan, who's your last pick of the second round? Yeah, you got me on that one. I was definitely hoping for Wallace uh, with that pick. Instead, I will go with... Uh, I feel like it should be a running back, but I just I just don't have confidence in any of these guys on the board. I think I'll take a stab at the quarterback position. Uh, we've heard some talk that Kellen Mond could even be a late first rounder. I'm, I'm not, not believing that, but... Uh, he will likely be a second-round pick, uh, kind of a, a developmental guy, but a uh, landing spot could help him uh, to earn this type of value. 
Yeah, he's certainly worth starting to think about right around this range. I started thinking, hey, who's the next quarterback after Fryermuth uh, went off the board and, and, and started looking at those names and thought, man, comparing them against a couple of these wide receivers and then maybe even a couple of these running backs, it felt like maybe he could slip into the third round. It'll be interesting where he goes in the NFL draft and how that really affects his dynasty value going into draft season because he he's a guy that um, playing that senior season and playing so well, it certainly looks like the arrow is pointing up for him. Uh, Matt, you're up at the 11th pick in the second round. Yeah, I'm going to stick with running back, and I will take Kenneth Gainwell here. Okay, so that leaves the last real running back that I'm interested in in this range, and that's Michael Carter out of UNC. I'll take him at the 212. So that wraps up the second round. We definitely have time for a third round, so we might as well do that. Before we do, though, guys, let's recap that second round. Ryan started it off with Rashad Bateman, then Matt went with his guy, Rondale Moore. I took Elijah Moore at the 203. After that, it went Terrace Marshall, then Diami Brown, Kadarius, Tony, and Pat Fryermuth. After that, at the 208, it was Trey Sermon, and then Tylen Wallace, Kellen Mond. At the 211, went Kenneth Gainwell, and then finally at the 212, Michael Carter. Ryan, you're up. Let's uh, let's get this third round in. Let's do it. Back to the wide receiver position. Amon Ross St. Brown is my pick. Uh, definitely a, a day two pick. And uh, again, going to be landing spot dependent. As a lot of these third round guys will be for sure. Yes. St. Brown is a guy that you see in some people's rankings all the way up in the top, like, like wide receiver eight. And then you see him all the way down at wide receiver 12 or 13 or 14 for some others. Uh, Matt, who do we got at the 302? Uh, hmm. It's a toss up here. I think both guys I could have at my next pick. So I'll just, I'll just flip a coin here. I'm going to take the running back who I think after Sermon is probably the next guy that could potentially be a three down back if he, you know, landed in the right situation and there was an injury or whatever. Somebody, uh, you know, I don't know. So there's some situation where I think he could be a three down back as a fill in or whatever. And that's Khalil Herbert. All right, you know, I listened to that whole thing, and I wasn't sure what name you were going to say. I didn't have any. <laughs> that is not who I thought you were taking. That was not who I thought you were taking Oh, taking either. I thought you were going to take Chuba Hubbard, so oh, no. I, I think I'll take him pass. at the 303. Pass, hard pass. <laughs> That's who I thought you were going to take as well, uh, and, and I was hoping one of you would. Um, I think I'll stick with the wide receiver position. I can't give up on Seth Williams yet. Oh, maybe you should, Ryan. <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> Don't make, you can't make fun of Chuba and then take Seth Williams. That's not okay. <laughs> Matt, you have the 305. At least he's got size. At least he's got size. Um, yeah, I know neither of you guys are going to take him, but I'll go ahead and take him here. I'll take Brevin Jordan. Right around the range that uh, he he becomes a value, though, according to ADP for sure. Um, maybe even a little later than what's expected. I'm up at 306, and this is a probably a guy that you guys weren't considering, but he might be one of my favorite third-round picks. Probably, probably real. I have him ranked higher than Chuba Hubbard, so I should have taken him as a 303. I'm going to take Nico Collins out of Michigan. Ooh, speaking of size, no doubt. Uh, Ryan, 307. Uh, I am going to, I'm going to, uh, I think I'll take Elijah Mitchell. Uh, 
it seems like everybody, including our buddy Ray Garvin, uh, is calling him the next uh, James Robinson. I don't know if there's going to be another James Robinson. Uh, certainly not going to be one every year, but I do. Uh, I like what what Mitchell uh, can bring. And, and I, I think it, at worst case, he's got a decent chance of uh, of making a roster. Yeah, he's he's picking up some steam for sure in this league or this week leading up to the NFL draft. We'll see how that plays out on draft night. Matt, you're at 308. I'll go with another running back that I seem to be higher on than everybody else, and that's Kylan Hill. I just think he's a fantastic receiver. Whether or not he gets ever an opportunity to be a three-down back, I think he has the size to do it, um, but his receiving ability puts him over the top for me. We're to the point now where you're kind of taking the the flavor of choice, I guess, yeah. towards the end of the third round in a super flex league. And in tight end premium, you have to start considering that as well. I'm going to take one of the another one of the quarterbacks and just hope you hit on something special. I'll take Davis Mills has some upside, so he fits at the 309. Ryan, who do you have at 310? Yeah, that was my hesitation when I took Mitchell. It was between Mills and Mitchell, and uh, I thought I thought Mills might fall one more uh, one more set of picks. So uh, after he's gone, I'll avoid the. Uh, quarterback position, and I will go with uh, I'll go with Tommy Trimble. Back oh. to that tight end position. Well, you got me right back, so <laughs> I would have right. gone with Trimble for sure with the final pick at the three twelve. Had I had the chance, so you got me back, Matt. Who's your last pick of this draft? I'm going to go deeper. That someone I don't even think we've talked about on this show, but someone that Waldman has turned me on to recently, and that is Frank Darby. It'll be like the third, I think the third straight uh, NFL draft at a Sun Devil has been drafted. Uh, deep ball receiver, averaged over 20 yards per catch uh, over his first three seasons. So, you know, at the end of the third round, I'll take a take a shot at him. Yeah, that's well, that's a fun one for sure. We'll see if he gets drafted. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. I'm going to take a, a little slot receiver that I think has a little bit of upside and could get drafted higher than some expect. It'd be nice if he got drafted in round three and goes on day two. That's Amari Rogers out of Clemson. Has a little bit of upside as a, as a PPR type wideout. So the third round goes Amon Ra St. Brown at the 301 to Ryan, followed up by Khalil Herbert to Matt. And Chuba Hubbard to myself. After that, Ryan took Seth Williams. Then Matt took Brevin Jordan. And I got Nico Collins. The second half of the third round went Elijah Mitchell, Kylan Hill, Davis Mills, Tommy Tremble, Frank Darby, and Amari Rogers. Fellas, we got 36 picks in. Is there anybody left on your list, Matt, worthy of, of mentioning before the NFL draft? Uh, I'm still kind of interested in Dwayne Eskridge because of what he did uh, at the offseason. Uh, I can't remember if it was the Senior Bowl or the whatever the other one is called <laughs> called these days. Javian Hawkins is a little bit interesting as a receiving running back. Um, I don't know. I'm sure there's a bunch more quarterbacks we could talk about. Kyle Trask, I don't think we, we talked about him really. Jalen Darden, what about him as a Packers mm-hmm. slot receiver, Dan? I don't mind that. Um, yeah, small yeah, There's a whole guy. handful of yeah, small school guy, but I think really athletic, and again would fill that. If 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 they don't get Rondell Moore, when my dream hopes and dreams are crushed, then I wouldn't mind Jalen Darden as kind of a, a later round guy that could fill a similar role. Yeah, that's uh, those are some good names for sure. Another small school guy from my neck of the woods is Cade Johnson from South Dakota State. Yeah, uh, he's a guy to monitor in the, on the third day, most likely of the NFL draft. Ryan, anybody for you? 
Uh, yeah, the, the Stanford wide receiver. I was yep. hoping one of you would take him, so I, I didn't have to attempt the name, but Simi Fahoko, I believe. I <laughs> uh, hope, I, hope I didn't butcher that. Um, I, I've seen him showing up in some uh, some second round. Yeah, speaking uh, Some mocks in the second round. Speaking so. of Packers-type guys, tall and fast, lanky, long arms, that, that's uh, Fahoku. So, um, yeah. He's he's a he's a guy to monitor as well, fellas. We got just a couple minutes here, so I'm going to put you on the spot real quick. Landing, Matt, you can't say Rondale Moore going to the Packers. <laughs> Landing spot, player uh, skill, perfect match. Any round, really? Is there is there a perfect match out there? Maybe something that's not always talked about. I, I mentioned it earlier, but I really want to see Kyle Pitts go to Atlanta. I, I just think it's going to. I mean, if they decide that they are going to ride with what they have instead of going for the quarterback and planning for the future. Like that, I think that would put that offense, you know, over the top. They have, they have a little bit of an issue running back, depending on how you feel about Mike Davis. And obviously the defense is, is not great, but the defense not being great is pretty good for an offense that could be incredible if they were to go with Pitts. Ryan, is there something for you, a, a perfect marriage that would, that would end in uh, dynasty uh, perfection, I guess? I think both the running backs feel like they have ideal landing spots. Uh, for me, it's Travis Etienne and in Atlanta. I think that's the one that that Matt mentioned earlier, and and Najee Harris in Pittsburgh. Uh, I don't think, honestly, I don't think either one of those end up happening because of team need. Uh, but to, yeah, that would be the perfect marriage. Man, I would be shocked if Pittsburgh took a running back in round one. More than likely, yep. they'd have to take him in round one if they were going to get him. I've mentioned it before. It's Trey Lance in San Francisco. That's the that's the one I want to see. A perfect marriage of, of coach and scheme and, and quarterback and upside and all the stuff that we care about. There are so many. You know, we, we talked about these things. You mentioned Pitts. Ryan, you talked about the running backs. I, I talked about a quarterback. And then there's all these wide receivers and so many teams that need wide receiver help and could use them immediately. Most likely, as Justin Jefferson did in Minnesota last year, and, and as we've seen so many times otherwise, a wide receiver is going to be the one that, that jumps off and takes off in their career early and uh, creates that that big stir in the dynasty community. So um, there's a lot of those type of guys, everybody that we talked about today for sure, including Waddle and, and Devonta and, and Bateman and the, both Moores and Marshall and, and, uh, and, and Chase and the rest of them. So um, a lot of things are going to be ironed out here in the next few days, but we're still going to get stuff wrong. So uh, <laughs> luckily next week we get, to, we get to try to figure it all out. Hopefully we get to fit in another one of these mock drafts, knowing all these landing spots and things like that. Ryan, Matt, and myself are going to get together and watch the draft. I hope all of you are doing the same safely with your friends, having a good time watching the draft, and uh, thinking about these dynasty values like we will be. For Ryan and Matt, I'm Dan. Thanks for listening to this episode of the DLF Dynasty Podcast. We'll catch you again next week.